Good morning. I am really excited to be here and doing this sermon with you guys today. It's been a while since I've done it, and there are new faces here that I haven't met. So hopefully afterwards, if you have time, come say hello. I'm the children's pastor, and I often say that we are all God's children, even if we're not still five or in elementary school. There's still a little child in you. And um, last week I did this lesson with the kids, and they have some wisdom from what they learned that they're going to share with you in a little bit. Um, I know that Greg was reflecting on some of the hard things that are going on in the world today, but on a brighter note, a little spark of joy is that it's Grandparents' Day. And so I just want to thank our grandparents for their love and support of their families. You guys are really, yeah. Um, You're really valuable, and the opportunity that you have to bless your grandchildren spiritually is huge. When I was little, my I had a great grandma, Helen Grace, and she would she was famous for her birthday card. She would write on top of whatever the picture was, my dearest darling great granddaughter Toby, and then she would sign the card every time that the Lord would bless me and keep me and make his face shine on me. And I didn't know then that it was a blessing from the Bible, but I carried it in my heart. And then when my own kids were little, I would uh, bless them every time we were in the drop-off line at school with that same blessing. Um, Today we get to continue in the series of parables that we've been learning about from the Gospels. And Jesus told parables to explain what he was doing, this new thing, this kingdom that was coming to God, the the kingdom of God coming to earth. And the parables invite the listener to use their imagination and to investigate and to go deeper. They're a way of showing us something from a new perspective. And the parable that we're going to look at is the one of the persistent friend at midnight. And it's found in Luke. And I've been really excited about this passage because it's all about prayer. And if any any of you here know me, you know that I love to pray. And I think it is Actually, it's a mysterious and wonderful gift that God gives us to think that we could talk to the creator of the universe, this amazing, mighty, powerful God that makes himself present to us is pretty astounding. So we'll start with a prayer before we read our passage. Heavenly Father, as we read your word today, I pray and I ask that you would please give us understanding. I pray that by your spirit, you would draw us to you. I pray that you would continue drawing everybody here and that you would help them to long to talk to you and that you would teach them how to pray and that you would help them when they're discouraged with unanswered prayers. And I pray that if there's anything blocking us from prayer, that you would um, take those things down. We love you and thank you. Amen. So with our first slide, we're going to look at Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. and hear the word of the Lord. He was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. He said to them, Whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us, and do not bring us into temptation. He also said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, 
because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will he give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The word of the Lord. So, one thing I love about Luke and his gospel is that he um, spends more time pointing out uh, Jesus' prayer life and the value of prayer and Jesus' humanity and, uh, than any of the other gospels. He takes special care to show us that Jesus was dependent on the Father and empowered by the Holy Spirit throughout all of his ministry. In his ministry, um, Jesus, as the Son of Man, He lived a life with physical needs and human emotion. And Luke tells us of times when Jesus was tired and hungry, sad and overwhelmed, grieved and prayerful. He was a traveler. He was among strangers. He had no home, but he lived with this um, life and habit of prayer and a habit of relationship and dependence on the Father. Luke tells us of some of the significant prayers of Jesus, um, or prayers during significant moments of his, his life. He tells us that he was praying when he was baptized, and he was praying um, just before he was transfigured. He prayed when the 70 disciples returned from a successful mission and before raising Lazarus from the dead. He prayed for his disciples the night before he was crucified. And that same night, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He poured out his heart in prayer. He prayed from the cross that his enemies would be forgiven. He prayed um, in his very last breath and gave his spirit up to the Father. He prayed after his resurrection. He prayed before his ascension. And he continues to intercede for us through his spirit. He said short prayers and long prayers. He prayed alone and in community. He would get up early in the morning. He would pray at meals. Sometimes he would pray all night long. He would pray before big decisions. He would pray after big ministry events. He would pray when he was tired and when he was busy. In gardens, mountains, grassy fields, by the sea. He prayed in the Jordan River. He prayed by a tomb. We can clearly see the significance of prayer in Jesus' life. And if Jesus lived a life of prayerful dependence and communion and submission to the Father, how much more should we live in that way? In the first verse, beginning of this passage, one of the disciples, after observing prayer, Jesus praying in a certain place, but also up to that point he'd been observing this prayer life. He says, Lord, teach us to pray. And this is a prayer that we can 
ask ourselves and pray ourselves to God with such confidence that he's going to answer it because he wants us to know how to pray. He wants us to be connected with him. And when we're connecting to him, we are bringing his kingdom here. We are connecting to the kingdom of God. When we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. Prayer isn't an obligation. It's not simply a means for asking things, but it's a way of fellowship with God. It's voluntary, but it's necessary for knowing God and growing deeper in our love and relationship. Our whole life should be an extended act of prayer. It should be like breathing. And whenever we're doing, wherever we go, we can just, we see something we like, thank you, God, or for me, you need patience with something. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me be patient. Whatever it is in the moment, thank you for the food, um, whatever. Everywhere we go, we can pray. In the next couple of verses, Jesus gives the prayer. It's called the Lord's Prayer, but it really should be called the Our Father Prayer because it's about us calling out to him. And it was similar to the prayer that he had given in the Sermon on the Mount with a little bit uh, simpler phrases. He tells them first and most importantly to pray to the Father. He's giving them access to the Father in a relational way. This prayer wasn't intended to be something rote or religious, but an invitation to come to the Father as his child. And this may be difficult for some of you if you've struggled in a father relationship, and I'm sorry if that's so. But you can imagine when you're praying Jesus, because he's the exact likeness and representation and shows us the perfect love of the Father. Um, This prayer also shows us the values of the kingdom, and that is first that he desires relationship with us when we enter by saying our Father. We come to him as a child, honoring his name. We set aside our kingdom so that his kingdom will rule in our hearts and in the world. We depend on him each day for our needs, our daily bread, and the higher spiritual food, the bread from heaven. We ask for forgiveness of our sins, and we forgive others. We recognize that we're weak, and we need his help for every temptation and trial that comes our way. Um, Our next slide is a picture of a little boy praying. This is Mary French's grandson. His name is Lincoln. And it's just the sweetness of a child to me coming to God. And children are so wonderful. They are free. They're unembarrassed. They're unfiltered. They're confident, loving, trusting, imaginative, which helps them to engage with this spiritual world. And we have so much to learn from them. Jesus tells us that to enter the kingdom of God, we must be like children. When my uh, daughter, who's sitting right over here, was three years old, she loved Christmas lights, loved them. And so we put lights up in her room and left them up all year. And every single night, she thanked God for those lights. Thank you for your Christmas lights. Thank you for your Christmas lights. And I thought um, how much she was delighting in those lights and that she wanted to share it with God and what joy that brought God that she wanted to share with him. So just for a minute, I want you to think, can you imagine your little self? Um, just close your eyes. Is there, is there something, maybe a favorite object or a pet or a special place, um, something that just brought you a lot of joy? And if you can think about that, now try to picture yourself sharing your joy with your Heavenly Father, that He's there with you in that moment and in your joy. Just delight together. 
Let him pour his spirit into your heart. Let him fill you with love. It's this love and joy that can lift our prayers to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes we doubt God's love and we need to take a moment to remember. Something you can do anytime, anywhere. Um, another thing in our, in our church, we have Marcia, a mighty prayer warrior. And I think she really models this kind of prayer of coming to the Father. She calls him Abba, Daddy God. And she has this really like sweet, childlike trust and openness and boldness to ask him for anything. But she also has this reverence for his power, his miracles, his wonders. And, and wants to, like, because of her love, she wants to obey him. She wants his will in her life. And she will be up here for prayer afterwards. And we're glad she's back from New York. So if anybody wants prayer, I'd say go talk to Marcia. Um, Further down in the passage in verse 5, Jesus tells us the parable of a friend at midnight. That um, this is to show us the spirit of how we should pray. We should pray with persistence. We should pray with confidence. It wasn't uncommon um, for people to travel at night to avoid the heat, which I can really sympathize with after our heat wave. I'm such a baby in the heat. So they would travel at nights. They would get in late. They'd be hungry. They'd be tired. And they didn't have 24-hour stores and didn't necessarily know when they were going to get there. They didn't have their cell phones. So this friend needs to go and knock on another friend's door and ask for Fred. uh, bread because hospitality was really important. It's how they showed love to God. It's how they showed love to their neighbor. Um, but the friend doesn't want to get up. He's like, we're asleep. And often the rooms were, the houses were small and they would sleep in one room together and the houses were close together. So if he wakes up the family, they're going to wake up the neighbors, they're going to wake up everybody. But because of his friend's persistence, he will get up and give as, as much as he needs. And in this parable, I think the thing that Jesus is emphasizing is that this persistent boldness of the friend in need is what we should be like. We're the friend in need. And persistence is described as unembarrassed boldness to keep asking despite difficulty or opposition. Recently, um, we had a guy from, from Tier Cable come to our house and try to sell us their services. And I listened to him and, no, we didn't need them. And then... Later, another guy came, and he knocked on the door with this really, like, not knock, 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 but just sort of like a crazy knock, and he's like, hello, 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 hello. And he kept saying that, and I was, I, at first I thought, I must know this person, because who else would knock on my door like that? And then I thought, well, I was kind of startled. This is a little strange. I'm, I'm just not going to open the door. I think I was talking to my daughter, and I'm like, this weird person's at the door. So I kind of watched out the window, and I didn't answer the door. He left. He went to every door on the street and knocked on the door. And he came back several times over the next few weeks, and I could hear him in the neighborhood. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. And I was thinking this is a good picture of the persistence of how we should pray. But at the same time, it's not because there's, it's a formula for us to get our prayers answered. It's because we want this persistent, bold connection to God as, as a way of living. Um, it's a way that keeps us close to the Father who gives us all good things in his perfect time. This parable also is a parable of a comparison that's opposites. It's showing, that, it's showing us what God is not like. 
He's not like the friend who is inconvenienced. Instead, he's generous. He desires to give us good things. He doesn't need to sleep. He's up at midnight. He has bread. He will answer the door, and he will give us this spiritual bread, and he will give us his presence. So after telling this parable, Jesus says to ask and keep asking, knock and keep knocking, seek and keep seeking. He says, because when we ask, we will receive. When we seek, we will find. When we knock, the door will be opened. Jesus himself is saying this on his authority, which gives me such confidence because sometimes I, I've, I've worried in the past, like, am I asking the right thing? Is this in your will? I don't have to worry about that. God intercedes for me. I just need to come boldly. He's going to sort it out. I just know that he can do it, so I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep coming. So when we did this lesson with the kids last week, I told the kids that this was something that Jesus had taught people to ask, seek, and knock. And I said, what do you think that means? So a few of the things that they shared. Preston said, if I'm sick, I can ask God to knock the sickness out of my body. He said, prayer is knocking on God's heart. Wyatt said, maybe seek means finding, because in hide and seek, you find someone. Right? When you play hide-and-seek, you know the person is there. You just have to search and find them. Sarah said, seeking is looking for bunnies and deer. Yeah, prayer can be looking for God and his creation. Violet said, sometimes we do things even when we don't want to because it's good for us. (laughs) Right? This is so true. There can be many reasons we don't want to pray. Maybe you're discouraged or tired or busy you're hurting, you're not sure what to say or how to do it. Whatever the reason, when we push through to prayer, we're blessed. We can experience different things. We can have peace, we can have joy, we can have clarity, we can just catch our breath, we can center ourselves in God, we can be restored, have refreshed and strength from Him, we can hear a word. And sometimes it's quiet too and we don't hear anything, but we know that God's there. Can be as simple, prayer can be as simple as thinking about God on purpose. That's what I tell the kids. Sometimes we're just going to sit here and think about God on purpose. We can say uh, just a single word like thanks, help, wow, sorry. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be a groan, it can be a sigh. One of the prayers I like to do when I, if things are really crazy is to take three breaths and I breathe in and I say, I love you. And I breathe out and I say, Father. And then another one, I love you, Jesus. And I love you, Holy Spirit. That's it. It's so crazy, I need to stop. I need to take three breaths. I need to center myself on you. The next slide that we have is a picture of the craft that we did last Sunday. This is Sela Hunters. And um, the kids were to make a door and decorate it. You know, if they have a peephole or or a doorbell or whatever, a window. And I love that she wrote on hers, Door of Wonder. I thought that was so perfect because it is a wonder. We're knocking on this door. God is on the other side. And he's wonderful. And it's amazing. Did you ever stop and think about that? Sometimes we get so in the habit, we need to remind ourselves. But um, inside of the card... In the next slide, I like that she put a thank you prayer. We were talking about asking and seeking and knocking. And so in her thank you prayer, I think she's asking God to share in her joy. In her joy of life, of rainbows, of mint chip ice cream. It is so wonderful. But the other thing I really love about this is the glue on the left side. 
she put the paper down and then she decided she wanted to put it on the other side and when I was taking the picture I for a moment I thought maybe I would cover it up and then I'm like this I don't need to cover this up this is a perfect picture of us we're like a sticky mess we can just come to God with the mistakes and everything we don't have to fix it up so this just reminds me that this craft reminds me and the kids that you can knock on God's heart you can ask him things in prayer when I was little about the same age as Sila I feel like the Holy Spirit began to teach me a new way to pray it was more conversational I had grown up I had memorized prayers that we would say at a meal or we would say at bed and this was a new way of being with God and I, I can only say that the Spirit taught me but I can picture myself clearly we had orange groves behind our house and I would walk out in the orange groves and I would talk to God and my, my biggest question was God who made you if you made everything who made you and it hurt my head to think about it because it was so beyond my brain it's still beyond my brain and yet as I grew up I learned more about this God named Yahweh who's always existed who has everything that created everything who's amazing and I learned a little bit more about him um, but I also learned that I can wonder things with him and this is one of the ways that we can be with him in prayer and he was my heavenly friend even before he was I knew he was my heavenly father in the book of Job um, there's so many beautiful verses in there about the mysteries and the wonder of God's creation and he says that it's just the fringe it's the very very tip it's the very last thread on the fringe of God's ways all these amazing marvelous things there's so much more we have all of eternity to be searching God out and that's the next part of the ask seek knock is the seeking seeking is searching and discovery while we continue to pray while we're waiting for our answers it means searching for God himself and the things that he wants to reveal to us we can pray during this time we can ask for spiritual wisdom and understanding you might have a sense of his nearness with you sometimes I get a little shiver sometimes it's just peace and sometimes it's nothing it's just crickets but that doesn't mean that God's not there it's just like when we had these clouds last week the Sun didn't stop shining it's still shining up above the clouds and so is God so keep keep going it's that long obedience in the same direction you just keep getting up and you, you keep going forward in the next slide there's a couple of verses about searching that I've always been encouraged by from Jeremiah and one is uh, 29 verse 13 it says you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart and in 33 verse 3 he says call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things which you do not know it's we just have such a gift and such an opportunity and we know that God wants to be found by us and we have to do the the searching the next part of the ask seek knock is the knocking and the knocking I think like we're waiting we're knocking we're waiting for the door to be open and God does open the door but in particular we have particular certain prayers we're waiting for answers for and it can be really hard when those prayers are delayed and at that time we're trusting in his goodness and his wisdom um, one thing that Pastor Jeff said, and I'm paraphrasing, is he said that during the times of delayed answers, it's the pursuit of God that causes the growth that gives us the capacity to receive it. God's getting us ready for something. So it's the pursuit of God that causes the growth that gives us the capacity to receive it. There was a, a time in my life when I had a lot of unanswered prayers, and I was was really um, wrestling with God and wrestling with a, with a certain 
passage. It's the next slide, Psalm 27. And it, it says, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. But before that, um, in It says, I would have despaired unless I had believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So when I was wrestling with unanswered prayers, there were a couple of things. One is that I just wanted that date on the calendar. I wanted to circle it in red ink and be like, okay, I can endure this. I know it's going to end at this time. We're okay. But I didn't get that, and we don't get that. But what we get is this when we wrestle with God, when we wait for the answers, is a deeper and deeper surrender to him and to his will and to his time. And, and there's a, this beautiful thing that, that's happening. It's, he's changing us when, we, when we're waiting in prayer. And the other thing is, my, I was questioning, am I going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living when my prayers aren't answered? I'm not seeing a lot of goodness. I'm feeling discouraged. And um, it seems so obvious, but it took me a while to realize that the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living is the Lord. He's the goodness. Doesn't mean he's not going to answer our prayers. I don't know when and where and how, but he himself is the goodness. And so I start there. I'm, I'm so m- much more encouraged. And then the other verse that encourages me is from Isaiah 55. And it's just saying, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Um, God, we get little glimpses of things like in the book of Daniel. Daniel was praying and fasting and mourning. He was looking for revelation to certain visions that he had. And um, he ends up encountering the angel Gabriel. And um, Gabriel tells him he was delayed by powers and principalities, by the prince of Persia. And the archangel Michael had to come and help him fight the battle. But he told Daniel, he said, from the moment you set your heart to humble yourself and pray, your prayer was heard. It was heard and help was on the way, but it was delayed on the way. Sometimes there's things we don't know. A lot of times, so much happens in the spiritual realm, but we get little glimpses and, and little peeks into what's going on. We have to trust that God's ways are higher than our ways we can trust his goodness then we know he's not holding out on us jesus himself knows what it's like to wait in prayer he's waiting for everyone to believe in him he was waiting for the people of israel to come to him he wanted to gather them like a mother hen gathers her chicks and they didn't come to him they turned from him he was waiting for his disciple peter to return to him after he was tempted by satan he knows what it's like to pray and have an answer that's a no The night of his crucifixion, he was overwhelmed with grief and cried out to the Father in the garden and said, if there's any way for this cup to pass from me. He prayed three times, but he said, not my will, God, what your will is. And because of him surrendering to God's will, all of us that believe in him today are forgiven and have eternal life. When we wait, it can seem like nothing's going to happen, but I think of it like a tree in the winter. It looks dead. There's a bunch of dead leaves around the bottom of it. It's cold. But down inside, those roots are being nourished by these dead and decaying things, and their branches are already storing these buds that are going to burst out in the spring. With God, a thousand years is like a day. This is something else that gives me comfort. His timing is so different than my timing. He's amazing. And then my favorite part of this passage is this last little part. There's a little parable where Jesus is saying that um, if a child asks for food to eat 
um, let's say he's asking for a fish or for an egg, the father isn't going to give him a snake or a scorpion. He says, if an earthly father who has sin knows how to give good gifts to his children and not give them something poisonous, how much more will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I love this last verse. I've, I've heard about asking and seeking and knocking all my life, putting in those things that you remember as a kid because it's kind of literal and visual. But I never noticed that last part. How much more will he give the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Spirit, the greatest gift of all, um, when we ask him? When we put our trust in Jesus, he gives us the Holy Spirit that indwells us. This is another one of those stop and think about this for a minute. <laughs> how amazing, how marvelous, how, like, I can't understand that. I know it's true, but you that believe in God have the power of his spirit in you to do the things and live in a way that brings his kingdom on earth. It's amazing. And our next slide, um, this verse from James says, Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Also, in Romans 8, this uh, passage gives us a picture of part of what the Spirit is doing, specifically relating to prayer, how he's helping us. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So good. For the disciples in particular, when Jesus is telling this little parable, it's a foreshadowing of the gift of the indwelling of the Spirit that would come to them at Pentecost. Jesus was getting them ready for when he would be gone, and he wasn't leaving them as orphans. He was going to send them a helper, the, the Holy Spirit, to fill them. The Holy Spirit teaches us. He comforts us. He counsels us. He gives us guidance. He convicts us. He gives us wisdom. He seals us in Jesus' name. gives us power. gives us so much. He helps us remember things. Jesus said, Everyone who believes in me will have rivers of living water flow from their innermost being. I love that. I love water. I love to think that there's this water moving in me, and sometimes I can feel like it's just frozen over or it's hard, and I pray, and I'm like, oh, God, let your waters flow in me, and not in me, but through me to others, that they can be like a, a drink of water, you know? So the Holy Spirit won't be withheld from us. We, Jesus teaches us in this, in this passage, but we must ask for it. We have to reach out and ask. But we know the Father desires to give good things, even his presence through his Holy Spirit. And he's ready to respond to his children's requests. We are meant to ask, keep asking, seek, keep seeking, and keep knocking, and keep being filled with the Spirit. May we all have an overflowing experience of the Holy Spirit. And what I'd like to do as we close today is... 
If anybody here wants to ask for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, just take your hands and put them in your lap like you've got your bowl there. It's a way of just seeing what we're doing, and I'll pray for that. But if today is the day for anybody in our church that you've decided, you've been learning, and you feel like you want to put your your heart and surrender your life to Jesus, you want to trust and follow him, put your hands in your lap too. We'll pray for that. And if some of you are still searching and you have questions, we can pray for the Spirit to guide you and teach you. He keeps drawing us until until we, and even after we give our life to him. So go ahead and and bow your head, and I'll, I'll pray with you now. Lord Jesus, you know those who are here today who have believed you are the Son of God, that you died for their sins and rose again, and you have forgiven them. Bless them as they surrender their hearts to you. Be with them now as they acknowledge that they want your love and spirit to come into their hearts. Wash over them with your love, your peace, and your joy. And now, Lord, for those here today who have already put their trust in you, together with any who have just received your love, please give them a fresh filling and anointing of your Holy Spirit and joy according to the riches of your glory. Please grant that they will be strengthened with power through your spirit in their inner being so that you may dwell in their hearts through faith, that they will be rooted and grounded in your love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are so good. May your rivers of living waters flow in their hearts. Thank you, God. Amen.